This is an ultimate global podcast. Hello, and welcome to our Daily Dose podcast, covering all about day-to-day global affairs. You're listening to Saurabh Kora and George Mavros from Sydney. Hello, good good afternoon, everyone from Sydney, and uh, good morning to my friends who might be joining from the South Asian countries, and uh, some of the friends who of Alex who might be joining from African countries. They might not have even had their morning till now. So today we have got Ankoma Alex uh, Alex Asomao Ankoma, who is a brand ambassador of uh, Ultimate Global Podcast. He's also doing masters in public health from UNSW Sydney, and he's specializing in this infectious diseases, which is very prominent these days, especially after the birth of COVID-19 last year. Welcome to this Daily Dose podcast, Alex. Hey, thank you so much. Yes, congratulations on the launch of your podcast, Sarop. Um, so far, it's been very interesting discussions from Monday, and thank you for inviting me. Great. So in the Daily Dose podcast, as you know, that we generally discuss about what's trending around the world. One of the news that uh, you only shared with me yesterday was this interesting one campaign, which is a partnership between UNICEF and African Union, in which they have actually started a new TikTok campaign to counter any kind of misinformation which is being spread related to COVID-19 vaccines. And it's so important in countries like Africa because the vaccination rate has been pretty low there. And in fact, a survey suggests that if the vaccines were even available in Africa, only 48% of the people will go for taking the vaccine as compared to 62% who were saying last year. So there has been a dip in the number of people who feel confident about taking a vaccine. What do you have to say about this, Alex? Because since you are from Ghana and you are knowing a lot of people from Africa, has this uh, trust on the vaccines reduced in the last couple of months in Africa? Um, Well, I would say that um, this is a very creative initiative that has been introduced by Africa Union and with UNICEF and then um, the One Campaign, where they want to use the popular TikTok. I mean, um, this is a very, uh, very popular app among the youth. Uh, We have as much as um, close to 1 billion users in the world um, every month. So using um, social media as as an intervention to try and dispel all these myths or disinformation or misinformation on um, COVID-19, as well as the vaccines, um, I feel that it's a very creative um, initiative that has been introduced. Uh, We know that, yes, there's a lot, uh, there's a very low vaccination rate um, in Africa. So far, South Africa is leading with almost 10%. Um, but we have a majority of our countries just have less than 5% of um, p- their population vaccinated. But aside all these issues with the, um, with um, low vaccination rates, there still is a problem with vaccine hesitancy. And this is not just a, um, an African phenomenon, it's everywhere. But it is a peculiar case for us because if we should have any variant that tends to cause more infections or severe diseases in our, on our continent, is the effects are going to be very damaging. So as much as possible, we need to get a lot of people vaccinated as soon as possible. And there is widespread hesitancy on the continent because of, uh, I mean, fear, side effects and all these things. So being able to get people who use social media to get the right information, it's very important. 
And I might say that um, the use of celebrities as well as health experts on coming on board, such as the director of the CDC and other important global health experts on the continent to come and at least dispel all these rumors and uh, misinformation that have gone on for a very long time. I think it's a, it's a good step. Yes. Yeah. And how sad it is, Alex, that we are spending a lot of time on generating this awareness that go out and get yourself vaccinated. Then there are another set of people who are spending a lot of time on spreading this misinformation that, you know, the vaccines can cause this damage. Yeah, we can understand that there are few cases which have caused that blood clot uh, through vaccines like AstraZeneca. But again, the cases have been very less as compared to the number of vaccines which have been administered. And this kind of misinformation actually really, uh, it does not help you to come out of this lockdown uh, or come out of this COVID-19 situation anytime soon. Well, um, in response to that, I, I think that um, it is expected. I mean, this has been the trend for, if you look at past pandemics or outbreaks or epidemics that have gone on over the last decade, you have definitely groups of people coming with their with their fears and their, their issues with, with vaccines. And as you discussed um, earlier this week, I was happy to hear about the mRNA technology where um, your host talked about the fact that it's it's not something new. It's It's been researched for so long. And so being able to tell people that we have looked at, we have ex extensively researched all this technology in other vaccines, just that it has been used in um, SARS-CoV-2 for the first time. These are some of the things we need to talk about. And as health aspects, definitely we will know that these are expected. It, it would happen. But being able to um, modify or, or, or create our communication in a way where we address all these fears and side effects um, issue and concerns, which are very legitimate, I think it's 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 important we do that. Yes, people have legitimate concerns, and we need to address them. That is how we can build confidence in in the vaccination programs around. Yeah, that's so true. And even in Australia, yesterday we saw the prime minister making this announcement that all the challenges of the vaccination program have actually been met. But if you look at if you dig deeper into that, we have seen that there have been some flaws in the Australian immunization register because it is not able to record two doses if they are coming from the same, sorry, if they are coming from a different vaccination, it's, it's not getting recorded in the system. And then even, uh, you know, we have seen this more than 1700 cases of COVID in Australia are coming from children who are aged under five. And we don't see any kind of plan for uh, people who are less than 16. Were you able to read that? Um, what I would say in regards to what the Prime Minister, um, I mean, talked about this week. Yes, I mean, there were very um, significant challenges with our vaccination program earlier on, looking at the hesitancy with AstraZeneca vaccines, the slow um, rollout um, <laughs> of vaccines in the community, and all these shifting health advices. Today, we are supposed to give vaccines to to AstraZeneca to people who are over 60, and now we're hearing everybody can take it. You know, people, definitely all these rules contributed to the hesitancy we are seeing now. But I am encouraged with the results we are getting from especially New South Wales, where we've seen more than um, 60 to 70 percent of our population who are eligible have vaccinated. People are, are vaccinating at a significant rate. We have 200 um, um, vaccinations per minute. I think that Australians and people who are here, migrants, are doing very well. And um, 
what I can add is that it is expected that it will take time for us to get children on board. That is usually the trend. You usually start with adult population, you go to all these um, specific populations and then children come in. And now other countries have allowed 12 years to 15 years old children to, to, to get on board with the vaccination program. It will take some time. But we need to make sure that the right test is done and we are confident with our results before we bring our children on board. We cannot just say, okay, there's a, a vaccine, there's an issue going on, so get everybody vaccinated. We need to go through the, the due processes. And the little, um, I would say is that everybody in New South Wales, if we want to get back to our normal lives, let's make sure that we go for the vaccines which are available. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, we can't stress on this fact more how important it is for you to get vaccinated. Meanwhile, if you move towards the other areas of the world related to the COVID-19 vaccine, we see that there seems to be some politics going on between the European Union and the United States where they are trying to ban each other from traveling in spite of the fact that the the air lobby the air travel lobby is against that because uh, what we saw yesterday is european union has voted unanimously against any kind of non-essential travel from and to us but actually if you look at the facts if you dig a bit deeper it's it seems that there has been a very low risk of virus transmission among international travel where I guess the Airlines for Europe lobby group is very correct in saying that. And it seems to be more of a political uh, rebel that European Union has passed against what US has been uh, doing in, uh, in the last few months because US feels that it has been, uh, there has been a number of rise in the number of cases because of these international travelers traveling to their country. Okay, uh, okay. Yeah, you want me to come in now? Um, I would say that, I mean, there are lots of speculations going around in terms of travel between EU and the US. Um, but we know that is it really a problem of <laughs> having to retaliate because the US has, has, has put in restrictions for EU citizens since March and they lifted theirs in, in June for, for, for the US. But I think that the EU, for me, is following guidelines. The, the guideline says that if you have 75, more than 75 cases uh, within a period of two, um, two weeks or 100,000 people, you cannot be on the safe travel list. And America has exceeded that number. So, of course, they are right to put in this or introduce these restrictions. Um, it is right. I mean, they have the power to do what they want to do. It is their country, and they have to look at best ways they can prevent um, these um, variants from entering their country so they can protect their own people. The only concern that I, I would I have is its impact on the tourism industry. We know that UK and the EU is a big big tourist center. <laughs> a lot of people are traveling there and it contributes about 10% of the GDP to the EU. So a lot of millions of people are going to lose their jobs if there are more restrictions but at the end of the day it's about protecting people so people can live long to to enjoy their travels yeah yeah moving beyond covid uh, we saw some great news uh, coming from china um well i will say it's a great news because uh, i find that more of us are now getting towards technology instead of spending time outside in the nature and what china has done yesterday is they have banned 
any kind of minus from watching or getting into technology during the weekdays so that they can focus towards more towards their studies and family relationships and the rule says that you cannot watch online video games entirely between monday and thursday and on the other three days and on public holidays you will be permitted to play play video games between 8 pm and 9 pm how does that idea sound to you alex because i find that it's a great idea but it should not be imposed on someone but since i'm somebody who would really like to spend a lot of time in the nature rather than the technology and i would like people to move away from technology as much as possible though uh, not to forget that this podcast is also being broadcasted on a technology device. <laughs> I, I was going to say that a lot of people are not going to be happy with you with what you just said. And, but I, on a lighter note, I'd say children have to be children. They, they, this is a stage where you you have to do all these online games and fun before you grow up with all these responsibilities that are, that are associated with adulthood. But on a serious note, I think that. Um, these are very strong restrictions that, that have been set in um, set up by China. But we are not surprised. This has been going on for, for quite a number of years. You know, China at, at a point even likened um, using online games as, as opium. And uh, yeah, I mean, these are very interesting um, things coming off, coming from there. But on from the health perspective, I would say that it is important that we try to reduce the sedentary lifestyles and the addiction that uh, it's in the community among minors in terms of online gaming. We need to get people out there in terms of their physical health, mental health as well. So yes, it is a, it's a good initiative trying to reduce the addiction yeah, that uh, minors have with online games. But the only concern I have is who's, how is this going to be enforced? I feel that a lot of parents and teachers have been shunned from these um, interventions and if you do not have parents or on board, these kids can go use their, their parents' login to play the game. So then the purpose is defeated. So as we try to bring out all the intervention, ways we can bring in other stakeholders, like parents, teachers, and elder siblings, to be able to encourage these kids to understand that it is not only staying on, uh, on these games, but you need to go out there, interact with people, the nature, and also exercise so that we, we reduce the childhood obesity cases around the world. Yeah. Yeah. And this advice can only come from a person who is himself doing a course in public health. That sedentary <laughs> lifestyle is so bad, so bad for our health in the long run. And that's why I, though I, though I do not completely support what China has done, but I support this fact that we should start moving towards um, spending more time in the nature, spending more time uh, with people, real people. Sometimes we are just spending time with the virtual world more than the real world. And that kind of spoils our real relationship with the people. One of the yeah. last uh, and the other news that was trending in the world yesterday, which has been trending for a couple of days, is the devastating hurricane Ida, which has hit US. An interesting fact, Alex, which has come into the picture is that most of the hurricanes, most of the big hurricanes, like we had the Category 3 hurricane Katrina, which also hit Louisiana in, on August 29th, 2005. This, this year also, after around 16 years, we are seeing this hurricane Ida, which has devastated a lot of um, you know, places at Louisiana. And now it's heading towards the New York area which is in fact bringing in the, those torrential rains 
and very dangerous powerful winds somehow i feel that with these increasing tropical storms across the world and also the bushfires climate change has become an important discussion though many of the people might not agree with how fast that climate change is happening but an immediate action is really required what do you think about that well um before i mean i mean i talk about that i just wanted to say that based on your last discussion concerning um sedentary lifestyle i think that the covid 19 pandemic has made going out quite challenging with all these restrictions but i feel that maybe we have to look at ways where people take up the the hour or the stipulated time where we have to exercise go out to meet people you know and all that try and go step around and do some exercise and not just stay at home and see because there's COVID-19 pandemic, you're just stuck on the on your computer all the time. I think there's an advice for all of us. Um, with the current um, tropical storm in, or the storms in, in the US, it's, it's a sad situation. I mean, to the US is already battling with the COVID pandemic and you have to get people who are also displaced from their, their homes and having power outages for, for a number of days. Um, I feel that disasters are associated with all these natural hazards. Um, we need to look at them. We need to address them as soon as possible. Um, as you said, natural hazards can occur. These are as a result of environmental factors, storms, strong winds, strong movements on the ocean or the earth. And um, they would occur. They can occur, volcanic eruptions. What can we do about these things? But the major problem is the disasters are associated with these natural hazards. We need we need to be able to build resilient systems and structures that will be able to withstand um, these um, natural hazards so that we do not lose a lot of lives or lose a lot of properties or cause a lot of damage. And I think that that is the full cause now. Um, America definitely is a stronger economy. So if they are struggling, I can imagine what will happen if Haiti or any other country should go through this. But what I would say is that with all that is going on around the Afghanistan, US, COVID-19 pandemic, it tells the world that we need to really come together as a global community and look at ways we can collaborate for towards a stronger pandemic responses, humanitarian responses, and also coming together in terms of shared resources to be able to protect the whole world. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't agree more with you that how important it is for us to build those uh, resilient structures so that we can face any kind of unexpected uh, climate change activities happening around the world. But my prayers go out to all the people in the United States presently who are suffering from that devastating hurricane. And um, related to the mental health, before we end the Daily Dose podcast, I would also advise everyone who is listening to this uh, to spend some time on a day-to-day -day basis with your friend or with your family member where you can share something which has happened with you on that day or on the last day so that you do not store all those feelings within yourself because what it might do is you might have higher anxiety levels or higher depression levels and that might lead to your mental stress and mental health and well-being is very important during these times when everybody is virtually connected to each other so stay connected in this virtual world it's 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 never a it's never a social distancing that we say last year also when we were discussing it's not the social distancing it's the physical distancing that you have to maintain during COVID-19. So stay socially connected through those virtual platforms. But we will have these discussions um, tomorrow as well. 
but as of now we'll have to bid a goodbye and follow us on all social media channels don't forget to share this across your friends and communities and if you have any suggestions for any topics that we should discuss in these uh, daily podcasts feel free to give us that and in the description we have also given you a link to support us financially so if you want to contribute and make this podcast bigger every day support us financially through the link given in the description but for now thank you so much alex for taking part in today's daily dose podcast and we hope to see you someday again i hope you found it really interesting yeah it was it was a, it was a good discussion yeah thank you so much for inviting me and yeah thank you so much see you around thank you everyone have a great day